welcome back to Just Black Talking. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Black. In this episode, we speak to model and influencer Jordan Skye, who was kind enough to stop by and fill in some of her story for us. She made a uh, comment in a post to her followers that you know my name, but not my story. And so uh, Jordan was kind enough to stop in and fill in that backstory for us. Jordan is part of the talent roster with Somnium Lifestyle. And I've had the privilege of having some inside access to several members of the talent at Somnium and Ramiro Productions. And uh, what struck me is that these individuals are so supportive of one another and quite talented uh, across platforms and and skill sets. And uh, Jordan is no exception to that. You can follow Jordan on Instagram at BattleSky. That's B-A-T-T-L-E-S-K-Y. And stick around for this episode. We'll find out some more about model, influencer, and Miss Valenti Glamour competition winner for 2021, Jordan Sky. Let's get started. Jordan, thank you for joining us here on Just Black Talking. Um, I want you to introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Jordan Sky. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. And Jordan, how do you define yourself? Do you define yourself as an influencer, as a model? What what did you say about yourself? I would say that I'm both an influencer and a model. I've really hit it off recently with the lingerie modeling and stuff. I feel as though I do try and influence a lot of people. When I first started, I grew my whole following kind of in the video game world. So I would say I was definitely influencing people with that at first. Yeah. So interesting. So you've been doing this for how many years total, would you say? I would say probably since I was like 23. And now you're 20. Yeah, so now you're 28. Now. You're going backwards, right? You're going. Yeah, I'm getting younger. <laughs> yeah. All right. So a few years in, but you've recently, as you mentioned, you've gotten some, some pretty noteworthy success. I mean, you're 2021's Miss Valenti Glamour. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> but Tell me a little bit about that journey. How did that come about? And what was that process like? That's a competition, right? Yes. So essentially, it's a lingerie, bikini, and fitness competition. So there's three categories. You dress up for all of them. Going into it, I had absolutely no clue what I was going into. I prepared for it. I got kind of sponsors and people to give me the lingerie, dress me up, do my hair, makeup, everything. Basically, I went into it and I was ready to rock and roll. and I kind of had a feeling that I would win my category, which was the glamour category. And I was going up against a lot of like Playboy models and Maxim models and people that had a lot more under their belt than I did at that time. So I was very nervous. But in my category, I thought I'd do well. And then um, I ended up wiping out every single category and I won overall. So it's pretty crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and it changed my life. Well, let's back up just a little bit. Was this your first competition? Yeah, this was my first real modeling competition. I had never done anything like that. I'd done like little baby fitness competitions, but never an actual glamour competition where your following matters and there are so many judges and people and never done it to that extent. Amazing. And so in your first you know, time really dipping your toe in the water, you walk away, sweep categories and <laughs> here you are. That's amazing. Congratulations. It was unreal. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get back into that in a little bit. But that competition was in Brazil? It was in Las Vegas. It was in Las Vegas. Yeah. I ask about Brazil because, you know, in reading about you a little bit, I see that Brazil is one of your favorite places. You've been to some amazing places to do shoots from Fiji to (laughs) Hawaii. 
What was it about Brazil that you felt, felt the connection to? For some reason, my following is mostly the Brazilian people. They seem to love my look. Yeah. So when I go to my stats and stuff, that's mostly the country and the people too that give me the most love. Um, I feel like I fit into that category of the Brazilian girls too. When I was in Rio, I was shocked. I could pick out girls that I felt like it was my country. I'm not Brazilian, yeah. which is what people think, but it was so surreal to me. And the Brazilian swimsuits, all that stuff. I've been to Carnival. I loved all that. So it feels natural to you in some way. It feels like a second home. Yes. You're not Brazilian. What is your background? What's your ethnicity? So my mother is Italian and a little bit Middle Eastern. And then my dad is Austrian. So it's like my mom is super dark. She has jet black hair, dark eyes. And my father is super blonde hair, blue eyed. So yeah, I'm definitely like a different mix. Yeah. But. No, this is the new this is the new world, right? This is the new age yeah. of things and, and there's a role for that, particularly yeah. embracing that. But as a woman of color, you have a look that is I mean, it may have felt familiar in Rio, but it's distinctive and it's unique. Yeah. And it seems like you really embrace a lot of your background. You're not yeah. changing. You have like your mother, you have this this gorgeous dark hair and, and these features. Thank you. How do you how do you feel like what's your role in representing that as a woman of color? Is it is it something that's conscious for you or is it just this is who I am and and that's the way it goes? Uh, I believe so. For instance, say even with my modeling agency, I feel like we have a lot of the girls that are more girly and the blonde hair. And I kind of bring into my agency specifically, I feel like kind of like more the bad girl. I'm more edgy. I kind of take my look and I run with it. Whereas most of the other girls are into the pinks and the glitter and the glam. And I can do that, but I prefer to go the whole different route and yeah, embrace kind of like my darker features and the lighter eyes. And yeah, I love, love it. So I'd like to hear how you describe your look. I can describe it, but that will sound really creepy, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you mentioned that you're kind of leaning into some of the the, the features and all, but how how would you say? Uh, I would definitely say I'm exotic looking. That's probably like the number one. I feel like I get asked my ethnicity wherever I go. Mm-hmm. It's the first question that people ask me. It was my second question for you. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like I try to draw attention, but silent attention with my look. I don't feel like I need to be in people's face. I like to be very sultry and very kind of desirable and sexual. And yeah, I don't feel like I need to be very exposed all the time. I feel like I can draw people just with my face and go a different path. You do a lot of artistic, creative. Thank you and, for noticing. Yeah, no, you really do. And you, yeah. you mentioned seductive. And if I, you know, in my creepy descriptions of you, it's like a temptress. You're, you're yes. spooky <laughs> and sultry and almost like Garden of Eden kind of stuff. Um, yes. But, you know, always tasteful and artful. You, you, you're doing things with flowers and, and with paints. And like I said, if not unique, it's distinctive. And, and maybe that's what people are connecting to and attracted to, as you, as you mentioned, with your following. You know what? Growing up, I felt like a lot of girls, they'd watch Legally Blonde and they would be super harped on like Reese Witherspoon. And I was on the complete other side, like Angelina Jolie. I was all about that whole <laughs> look and she was a bad girl. And same thing goes back to like superheroes and villains. I always loved the villains. The superheroes, they were cool, but I loved, you know, Harley Quinn, Catwoman, Poison Ivy. I was always so attracted to that. And I feel like, yeah, growing up, my look, I really grew into it. Yeah. And yeah, I kind of took that and ran with it. 
let's talk. I'm going to come back to that as well. Uh, yeah. Character development. But you made a post and you may not remember it or it may have just been at that moment. But you made a comment. You said, you know my name, but you don't know my story. Oh, yeah. It stood out to me. But it's also very intriguing because when we look at your profile and we look at a lot of your images, there is just this image. There's kind of this is what we're seeing but it doesn't really lend you behind the door, so to speak, about, you know, who Jordan is. Yes, I'm very but, mysterious. <laughs> you are mysterious. You are mysterious. But what was going on in your life before you got into any of this kind of video gaming and, and modeling and anything? Who, who were you beforehand? Well, I went to school and I was studying pre-med. Mm-hmm. And I was doing all the sciences and stuff. I came from a pretty big family. My parents went through a really, really rough time. I feel like I was kind of a nomad child. And then I pretty much, so I had an accident like way back in the day. And it pretty much hindered, I feel like my whole entire growing up and kind of like high school. A real inflection point for your life. Yeah, it just completely changed my life. Good, Understood. So going through some of that large family, a lot of, I guess, personal things going on and on, you know, little challenges. But somehow, how did you end up involved with Comic-Con? So, <laughs> so it's a weird story. Well, I've always loved video games and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was kind of shaped by my brothers, I would say. I have a bunch of brothers and stuff. But so I was very fascinated by all that. And then I always loved the girl characters and stuff. Again, girls were playing with Barbie. Not the good girl characters. You were into no. like badass girl characters, right? Yeah. When the girls were playing with Barbies, I was playing with Katana. Mm-hmm. And I was fascinated by like Samus in her zero suit. Like I just love that whole look, the curvy girl. And so, yeah, I started really getting into that stuff. And when I was playing the video games and I had someone that reached out to me that asked if I wanted to go and be one of the characters. And so I ended up going the first year as Katana. And then as Lara Croft, and from that, it was like my following just blew up. And of course, I wanted to be (laughs) one of those girls and try to do that. And yeah, that's pretty much how I got into it. So after Comic-Con, you start getting some attention. It shifts from being Lara Croft or, you know, Katana and Mortal Kombat to modeling. Yep. When did you first realize or accept, I'm pretty? Hmm. You know, that's a hard, that's a very hard question because I feel like I still have days where we may not feel that way as women, mm-hmm. especially today. I feel as though I understood that I had a look that people wanted, but as time goes on, I think the bar continually raises for us women. And I think it's very hard to ever actually feel like you're pretty and you meet that mark because we just keep getting better and better as society. There's more surgeries, there's more injections, there's more this, there's more that. It's very hard to keep up with. So I think that I always realized that I had a look and my personality people grabbed onto, but I would still say even today, I struggle, you know, sometimes with self-image, self-esteem. The pageant definitely helped. But once you hit another level, it's just, it keeps going and going and going. So I think it's hard. It seems to be somewhat common in women I've spoken to who are in this type of industry. And there are a few things that are that I, I've been picking up on. You know, large families. I mean, your brothers and your yeah. sisters aren't walking around telling you how beautiful you are, okay? That's not Oh, happening. no. Not the boys. <laughs> no, absolutely no. And uh, yeah. for some of the women in modeling, 
they, they happen to be very tall, very young, which makes them yeah. feel awkward and self-conscious. And yeah. so I think a lot of what you're saying seems, seems relatable and somewhat common, but you mentioned even today, and there's days where you don't feel that you're hitting the expectations or the standards. What you represent in your images online, mm-hmm. do you think that's more fantasy or more reality at this point? Absolutely more fantasy. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you think that, um, you know, if you're in control of that, do you think that's the way you'll continue? It's kind of like an opt-in or opt-out thing, right? Like if, if this is what you want to see, you can come see. And if you don't, you don't. But for you yourself, do you feel like as, as this evolves that you'll continue in that way? Or will it be something that you explore doing more reality? Like this is just me, you know, I woke up like this, like for real. <laughs> Well, it's hard with a pageant because I think that I have to be perfect 24-7. So it doesn't really matter what real image I would like to portray. I have to kind of always be a certain way in the eyes of everyone else. And, you know, sometimes I think with girls and stuff, when they come to your profile, that's, yeah, that's what they're looking for. You know, they want to see the perfect. They want to see, oh, what makeup is she using? Oh, what outfits? Where did she get that lingerie from? Nowadays, I don't think people necessarily grasp on to the reality, especially with everything going on into the world. I think I'd continue to just go in the direction that I'm going in right now. I also think it's really different nowadays too, because we're so overexposed. You know, you have to be plugged in 24 seven. So I say all the time, it used to be posting and videos. It was quality over quantity. Now with Instagram and the way the algorithm is and the way you have to keep up with things, it's very hard to put out quality, quality, quality over and over again. They made it almost impossible to just really be yourself on the platform. So it's also just trying to stay on top. And they kind of shape how we are as females too on there, I think. You mentioned in an interview you did with, with Secret Magazine, um, you yeah. were acknowledging the difficulty in women having that self-love and confidence because of these beauty standards. It's kind of this distorted image so granted, people may come and see like, what, what are you doing? How's your hair? What are you, what's your makeup? Yeah. How comfortable are you with that as, you know, you're putting out this image of just perfection, pure beauty. Yeah. That comes at a toll. Your life, <laughs> you spend a lot of time working on your body, fitness, yeah. nutrition. How do you balance all of this? You're, you're, you've got this image, as you mentioned, it feels like almost sounds like it's somewhat of a burden to be perfect all the time. Yeah. But you also, you're, you were a little girl, you know what it's like with these, these image standards. How do you reconcile yeah. these things? I definitely have my days where stuff will be harder than most, but when I got in an accident, I thought I was going to be paralyzed for the rest of my life. I couldn't move anything for three days. I couldn't move my fingers. I couldn't move my toes in that feeling. Like I just remember praying to God that if I ever got my feeling back or if I could ever walk again, whatever I started doing in life, I was just going to run full force with it. And I feel like I was at such a scary, bad point in my life that I feel like anything I can take on. So even like with the standards and just keep going and going, I always just have this thing in the back of my head that's like, wow, I'm so lucky. I'm so blessed. I'm so lucky to even be here. So that's kind of what fuels me and keeps me going. So, so that's interesting. And, and we'll definitely talk about that in just in a minute. But what other tools or tips do you use? How do you have that armor between your public image and your personal? 
Are you are you meditating? What are you what are you doing to try to keep yourself authentic to yourself? Well, I like very weird things. So <laughs> I love classical music. I love reading. I read all the time. It's kind of like my escape from reality. I would say I like to go out in nature, do stuff like that. I find so much peace in working out. And I'm really like kind of closed off. So if I don't have to go out or if I don't have to do something crazy, I'm not going to do it. I really take time to kind of rehabilitate with myself and just come back down to earth, remind myself that I'm human, I would say. But it's just the little things. It's like a warm, fuzzy blanket. It's candles. It's the little things like the five senses I always try and hit. So see, taste, smell, all that stuff to try and comfort myself when everything else is so crazy and there's so much chaos. I try to find a constant and just... Where did you get some of that serenity from? What was the model you had for that? What influenced me with that? Everyone doesn't decide that they need to stimulate their senses and kind of take those private moments to do that. Was that something that that family did or? I that's actually from going to therapy, from stuff with my family. So it's just tools and Mm -hmm. stuff that the therapist gave us from family, like counseling and how to stay calm when when your whole entire environment's just shaken up, especially as a kid. And you know, you need to do the the little things to take care of yourself. And yeah, always stuck with me. No, as it should. And I think there's there's obviously a lot of overlap with our emotional health, tending to that, and our self-image and self-love. And so I think it's valuable. I think it's important for people with such following like you have to, to embrace that, to show people who are following along who may not have that emotional health at that point, you know, that uh, these are things you can do to, to arrive at it. Let, let me go in a different direction really quick. So there's a little bit of um, a parallel. You start by portraying superheroes with comic books. <laughs> yeah. Comic books and, and these kind of stories, they talk about how there's a little bit of superhero in all of us, right? And they can learn to fly and learn to, to succeed and, and, and be strong and do these heroic things. You suffered personal injury, right? And we don't have to go through the trauma of it. But from going from wondering if you can walk again to now being a real life superhero of your own, there's a parallel from from your modeling and portrayal of a superhero to becoming that person. Yes, you how, got it. How can the rest of us <laughs> find that superhero? I feel like you have got to want something more than you can breathe. I feel like if you really manifest something and you centralize your whole world around something, I think you can do anything. I think that as women, we need to be more gentle to ourselves. And I believe with men, the same thing right now, I think life is super hard. And I think that if everyone just take a step back and just really cater to themselves and take care of themselves, I think that we all have hidden superpowers that we can access. It just takes really focusing in on it. So great, uh, Jordan. Thank you. I, th- I really appreciated that answer that we we all have talents that we can access and but you did mention wanting something, you know, more than than you you want to breathe. So there's definitely determination. There's a commitment to something that inside of, you know, at least of those that are succeeding and realizing their their real superpowers, so to speak. Also, going off that, I also learned from my father. <laughs> mm-hmm. Back in the day, he used to tell me that if you want to be above average with whatever you're doing, you have to work twice as hard as the average person. So even going to the gym or taking care of yourself, if 
you want to be better than the normal person, it's like, why would you ever just do the normal routine that average people do? So say, you know, I remember when I was going to the gym twice a day, or I was lifting weights like crazy or doing X, Y, Z, and people would be like, why are you doing that? And I always kept in the back of my head, like, well, if you want to be better than just the average, you have to work harder than the average. And I think that's something that applies to everything in life. You cannot keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. That's insanity. So even when you're taking supplements or you're reading instructions with something, you know, the average dose for the average human is whatever it says on the thing. But say, if you want to go above and beyond, you'll do your own proper research and then you'll take three times the amount of that, say with something like collagen or beauty products, you know? So it's just about educating yourself and it's just about, yeah, pushing yourself harder than what the average person would do. And that's what will separate you from the rest. So you mentioned a few of your interests that the people may not know about. You're a big reader and you like these things. What are some of your talents that nobody would, would know? I feel as though I'm like a walking encyclopedia when it, <laughs> yeah. I feel like my intelligence is definitely a talent. I know that's weird. People don't necessarily care about that as much <laughs> nowadays well, with females. Well, certainly care about intelligence. Uh, there, <laughs> there has been a, uh, like a war and, uh, on intelligence over the last several years or so, but uh, no, it matters. Um, do you try to incorporate that into your work at the at the moment? Absolutely. I feel like there's always a hidden message in whatever content I'm putting out or whatever I'm creating. That's what I, I was asking. So. Yeah. Your, it's there. And if you're knowledgeable, you'll see that imagery. And you'll see that there's, you know, there's more than just a person here. There's a lot of other uh, clues and symbols in your work. And so that's that's what I was getting at. So. Yeah. So it's not coincidence. Okay. No, I'm very influenced too by, I would say like the fifties. I love all old films and I try to kind of emulate like Sophia Loren, Audrey Hepburn, Marilyn Monroe. I kind of look at their art and what they produced. And sometimes I'll try and mimic it. So I'll look at vintage Chanel ads or vintage movie posters. There's always something kind of going on and it goes hand in hand with reading I love reading older books. I, you know, I put all the pieces together and only if you're very, very on that same wavelength as me, will you see the messages within it. I think it's so much more than just taking a picture in my bikini with my chest out and just throwing out whatever. There's always a different message behind it. You talk about kind of these, the, the retro and yeah, modeling, it's ingrained in our culture in, in America, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. from magazines to Pinups, you know, to like you said, I mean, Sophia Loren is is one of my all time favorites. Um, I mean, she's oh, still yes. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, she's gorgeous. Stunning. She's well into her eighties, but you know, boys and girls alike would have pinups on their wall of you know all the, Page, the top models. Yeah, all of them. Absolutely. And do you see that continuing? Because things are changing. It's online now. It's you know the magazines, the print seems to be different now. What do you see as the future and how do you how do you see yourself fitting into it? Gosh, you know what? It's really hard with all the OnlyFans and stuff now. I don't know where the future of modeling is going, to be honest. It's very hard to tell. I'm not sure. I would hope that one day it circles back around and that whole classy era comes back. I think that 
eventually it will. Cause I've already noticed since the pandemic, I feel like we're reverting back to stuff like the eighties and we're the seventies. Like it's like as a community, we're all just, you know, looking at that other stuff. I'm not really sure what direction it will go in. I hope it goes in that direction. I always think, you know, I'm always on stuff like Tumblr and all these little websites and I'm influenced by these people. I won't even know the girl's name. It'll be some girl from the fifties in the Mm -hmm. mirror putting on lipstick or her pearls. And I look at that. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And I hope one day I can leave behind my content that some girl in the future will pick up and be like, wow, this is amazing. Um, Whether they'll know my name or not, I'm not so sure about that, but yeah, it's just, I think it's about leaving your mark behind and being timeless, not just what's right now, just kind of leaving stuff you know, I don't always post all my content and stuff on Instagram. I have portfolios and portfolios of stuff that I never put out there. But I would hope it would go back to that modeling and stuff. Yeah. Well, and and it it's very possible that you're helping to push it in that direction. And and the more things come along for you and the more influential you become, you can help add art and that creativity back back to things. Let's really quick pivot to something else. I want to talk about Somnium and how you came to of Somnium and, and what it means to you. Because, you know, I've had this opportunity to meet several of your co-talents that are represented by this company. And it's, it's unique. I mean, this isn't, you know, William Morris or CAA. So how, how did you come about, uh, you know, your contact with, with Somnium and, and just speak on that for a minute? So... Ramiro was in the crowd at the modeling competition. So he was just there kind of scouting out talent. All the girls that are on my roster now, so Chloe, Corey, Amy, Rebecca, all those people, they were all there. They were judging the competition. So it was a little bit crazy because he came up to me afterwards and Ramiro, my manager, and he had offered me, he's like, you have this look. I think it's amazing. Um, would you like to sign with us? Like, here's my card. Like you were stunning on stage, all this stuff. And I was so like, whoa, like already? Like I just walked off stage with all my flowers and my crown. Like I was shocked. So I took his card and everything. And then when I went to walk away, all the girls at the competition were like, oh my God, Ramiro came to talk to you. Like, that's crazy. He's with like Somnium and Ramiro. So I waited a few months and then I recontacted him and yeah, they just completely took me in and it changed the game for me. I would say I went from being, you know, just an Instagram model to a very polished model with like different brands and the lingerie. So it's very interesting. Yeah. It transitioned me. And I think that each person on the roster, we all represent something different. So it's not just a bunch of girls on the roster. I think that even like I'm saying my look, I just run with what I've got going on and Ramiro encourages it. So it's pretty nice because he's never trying to change me or anything. He lets me be kind of, you know, bad and portray off this strong image and this sultry, you know, seductive image. And he never tries to change that, which I love. Ramiro is very highly regarded by all the talent in in this um, agency and this management group. What does it mean to you to have that kind of support. I mean, it, this seems like a little family that you guys have where everybody's yeah. cheering on one another and very supportive. Yeah. And it sounds like just from the beginning, you come off stage and everyone comes to you and says, oh my God, Ramiro's talking to you. And then they're, from, from day one, you're getting that support and that embrace. What does that mean for you? Because as you said, you didn't grow up, you know, modeling or, or wanting to do that. 
So how does that affect you at this point? Um, it makes me feel like I have a purpose in life for sure. And it makes me feel that like if I were to fall down, that people would encourage me to get up. It's been amazing because I feel as though a lot of people during the pandemic kind of swooped down. And because of my agency, I feel like I just rose up and I'm doing better than ever because of it. So very odd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been great. It is like a family and it's very weird because all those girls I used to look up to, especially someone like Amy, Rebecca, and now it's like I'm on a roster with them. So it's kind of crazy. Well, uh, it, it seems like you, you've done a lot of the work to earn your way. And, and yeah. uh, so, you know, you need to be commended on that uh, for Thank sure. You. So this is the chapter in life that you've got right now. But do you, do you have a vision for something beyond this, or do you think this is this is it for you? You're going to do this until you until you decide not to, or do you want to kind of morph this into or evolve this into something else? So, I do other stuff as well. So, with the modeling, it's for me right now. It's amazing. It's awesome. Um, I know that it has a timestamp on it, so I think that I'll keep up with it as long as I can, and I want to be the best that I can be at it. I want to shoot for Playboy, Maxim, do stuff like that. Those are pretty much my end goals. And I feel like once I do that, I'll be satisfied with it all. Um, I think that I have such a good following that I can continue what I'm doing forever. Uh, I think that the girls that I have that support me are amazing. My other stuff that I do is I work with all talent. So I work with all artists and stuff. So over at the Hard Rock. So I've worked with a bunch of people. So that's like my whole other realm that I do stuff in. And it goes hand in hand. It's really cool. Sometimes the artists that will be performing on stage have a brand that they're working with and they know that I do modeling at the same time. So they'll give me the brand to wear or their energy drink. So it's been a really cool kind of process. Within the roster, I mean, you're working with some of your idols uh, and people that influence you. Is there competition or is it just support? Oh, I believe it's just support. We all look so different. So like I'm saying, I think, yeah, that each girl runs with what they're good at. That's pretty much how it works out. Uh, it's very nice because there's not too many girls on the roster. So yeah, we all fit into a specific category, which is really cool. Excellent. What languages do you speak, Jordan? I just know English and I know French. That's about it. My mom, she speaks a little bit of Italian, but I never really picked up on it. We lived in Italy in, it was like third grade or so. For like a year and a half, that was quite an experience, but still I didn't really pick up on the language. Right, right. So you, you, yeah. I mean, you mentioned feeling like a nomad to a portage from the time, you know, moving around and all, but it was early and you were young. Do you think that that travel, that living abroad influences you now with what you portray and what your look and your images are? Yes, absolutely. So I feel like a lot of people never leave America and they never leave the country. And I think that my parents exposed me to so many things at such a young age that I've always been super fascinated by yeah, the Renaissance time period or the Gothic time period, romanticism, you know, the scientists, the poets, everything from that era, the paintings, the gold. So a lot of times when I shoot and stuff too, I notice that I'm very attracted and will shoot in areas that have that, the gold columns or the super beautiful wallpaper. And I think it's because I can see, yeah, I have a vision that's not just this box that most people are stuck in. For someone who's such a reader and embraces the world of, of 
fantasy and video arts and all that. Do you have any plans to write any of your experiences down or to, to do any kind of creative writing in that way? I definitely could. I think that the story about my accident is very interesting and there's a lot of moving parts to it. So that would be something that I would definitely write down. I also feel like with the pageants and stuff and the following that I got from that with the girls, I think that I have a lot of tools and stuff that can help girls, not just with like mental health, but also with like their self-image and their body. And yeah, I'd love to share all that one day. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, today is a day you could share <laughs> about those things today, but it seems like, you know, I, I do sense from you, your accident was very impactful and there's definitely a story to tell with that. And I don't want to, I don't want to push you in that kind of thing that you do in your own time. But I do want to encourage you because overcoming seemingly insurmountable challenges is a story worth hearing for everybody. And I think that seeing you come to the other side of that, um, especially for people who follow you, who are inspired by you, I think that there's a lot for them to gain when you do choose to tell that story. So I encourage you. I really do. I also want to commend you for embracing the challenges. I want to commend you for taking that that fighting spirit, like you said, like your dad told you, you know, do the average to do it. And it shows even in your images, we see your body transform. We see the commitment to fitness. We see that you're in the gym. We see those things. And I, I mean, that's something that's, that's worthy of, of, of being acknowledged. It really is. It's definitely why I do everything I do. I can't explain like the feeling of thinking you're paralyzed. And you know what's crazy? Every other person that was in the hospital in the rooms next to me was like paralyzed for life. So just knowing that I was the one person that came out and I was okay was very, very just awakening for me. And um, yeah, it was like for three years, I was in a neck brace. So even though I could move and stuff, imagine that just trying to feel normal again and a human again. And those were like my younger years. It was to the point that I remember <laughs> when we had to take the SATs and stuff at school, I couldn't even hold on to the pencil because my nerves and stuff were so messed up. So I was trying to fill in the Scantron sheet and I had like a freak out, an absolute panic because the pencil kept just flipping out of my hand. So I'm trying to write, but my nerves aren't working. I know I have to do this test. I'm on so many pain pills and medicine. I can't fully look at the sheet of paper. Like it was horrible. And I ended up having this freak out, how to leave the school. And my mom had to pick me up, you know, absolute breakdown panic. And once you go through stuff like that over and over again, once you start getting everything back in your life back, it's like, you'll never, ever have a bad day. You'll never have a bad moment. The whole world could be lighting on fire around me. And I'm still like, it's a beautiful day. It's a great day. And I think, yeah, it's just the stuff I went through. I mean, I still, cause when it had happened, I was doing like a double front flip and I ended up over rotating onto my head and I was so out of it. I dragged myself yeah, out of where I was at by myself. It was downpouring rain. And I just crawled onto the grass and I called up my brother and he said I was acting really weird. So he came to get me and I was just laying face down in the pouring rain. And yeah, I had to get hella vaxxed. But um, the thing with going in the helicopter too is now I almost have like PTSD. So every time I go on an airplane, because that feeling of being in the helicopter, if I hear the stuff, I get a little bit like I start sweating, my heart starts beating, I have to take medicine to calm me down. So yeah, it's affected me 
still up until this point, but it's like, I still sit there. Yeah. And I remind myself like, wow, you're just so lucky and so blessed. You know, I see people all the time complaining about stuff that I'm like, you are just so lucky. There are people in this world that have nothing. And so it's even during the pandemic, I felt like you, we could either be a glass half empty or glass half full. You can either make it work or you can just let it consume you. And it's been very interesting. Yeah. To see which way people went, you know, it's, it's been horrible for everyone, but I think that we could make the best of it at the end of the day. You're certainly making the best of it. You're certainly flying high and you have such, so much to share. There's a lot for you to, to go into however you choose from being a young girl, you know, as you said, walking around in a neck brace to becoming this beauty icon. I mean, you've certainly broken out of that shell and broken out of those braces and, and it really is a remarkable story. You know, kudos to you, Jordan. We're all grateful that you are here, healthy, and so positive and optimistic about every day and, and, and embrace it head on. It really is, it, it really is a, a true testament. So, um, it's excellent, really excellent. What do you have coming up next? I have one that's coming up that's a secret that I can't. <laughs> talk about. So something huge is coming up that my manager and I have been planning. It's like one of my dreams come true. Some other stuff that's coming up. I'm doing a lot of content lately and stuff. Um, There's a few lingerie companies and stuff I'm going to start working with. Pretty much just been trying to shoot and get more exposure. But yeah, there's something big coming up. (laughs) I'm excited about Awesome. It sounds exciting. exciting. So we'll, we'll be looking forward to it. We'll be looking out for it. Where's the best place for people to continue to follow you and find your new content? So either on my Instagram or I have my fan club. So there's the link in my bio on my Instagram. So I'm constantly updating fans on what I'm doing, all my behind the scenes and stuff are on there. It could be like my day-to-day routine, whatever I'm doing. So all that stuff I pretty much throw onto there. And then you see a whole different side of me that's not just the photos on Instagram. But it does sound exhausting. I mean, at one point you mentioned that you, you know, you wake up, you work out, you make content, you work out, and then it's like, you know, rinse and repeat. You sleep, you start all over. So do you ever just want to break from it all? Oh, Or yes. is it just that exciting? There are moments where I just have to completely go into my little hole. And um, yeah, I break away from it. I'll tell my manager, like, hey, I needed just a two week break or I need a month break or I just need to take some time off. And he's super understanding. Sometimes he'll take the reins then and then he'll post for us or he'll be trying to put out content and stuff. I, but yeah, I think every now and then I need a break. Sometimes when you're posting so much and doing so much, I feel like you can lose yourself and you kind of forget why you're doing it in the first place. So I think it's super important to pull back and then, yeah, kind of remind yourself. It's hard too because sometimes you don't feel human. So when you're posting that much and having that much interaction, there's nothing personable about it, which is, I guess, why we have the fan clubs to talk and it's more special. It's more one-on-one, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, you have to take a break from it every now and then for sure. Well, you know, you laid there injured, uh, not sure what your future was going to be out of all the folks that were in that, that ward, you were the one that, is given this opportunity. Do you feel like at this point, this is your life purpose and you're, you're doing what you were given this chance to do? Absolutely. 
I feel like I'm definitely gifted that I came out okay. And I feel as though the whole obsession with working out kind of started because they, well, I was supposed to get a surgery and I opted out of getting the surgery because everyone I talked to told me not to get it. So I was supposed to get this huge rod down my back. I lost a bunch of spinal fluid. So essentially, if I even get hit by a car, I can end up paralyzed still or someone hits me really hard. So the whole obsession with working out was I'm going to make my back stronger. So in case something were to happen or I get hit or something, like I'll be okay. So then, yeah, it just morphed into this whole thing of body sculpting and then, yeah, idolizing like my video game character girls and looking at their body. Like, why do, why do men like them so much? You know, what is it about these characters that they're so much better than in real life? You know, so I tried sculpting myself to have a body like that, you know, the tinier waist and lifting and all this stuff. So yeah, I think that this definitely is my purpose. And I think that I've gotten to a point with it that I understand it. And I think it's been great. Yeah. Jordan Sky, it's been wonderful talking to you. I think we've learned a lot about who you really are behind the images. Maybe we'll talk to you after your new secret project is up and yeah. running. So Jordan Sky, <laughs> yes. thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Just Black Talking, where we spoke with model and influencer Jordan Skye. Uh, Jordan was a real pleasure to talk to, and we learned a lot. We learned that there's a lot more behind the beauty. We learned about her mindset, her commitment, her work ethic, and uh, how she developed some of those things. She teased us that she's got a secret project on, on tap, and so uh, hopefully we can speak with her after that is completed and uh, see if it came out the way she had envisioned. Again, we're very appreciative to Jordan for spending time with us. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Jordan can be followed on Instagram at BattleSky, B-A-T-T-L-E-S-K-Y. And she's also a member of Somnium Lifestyle, uh, which is affiliated with Ramiro Productions. You can check all of those out online. Thanks again. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Black. We'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.